on today's episode of Gathering the Kings. That's a pretty good feeling too, to be able to know that you're helping to provide for not just your family, but you know, 20 other families out there that are working for you, right? It's a pretty special thing. You are listening to Gathering the Kings with Chaz Wolf, featuring fellow seven, eight, and even nine figure business owners who have real battle scars from business and life, but have prevailed as the king that they are designed to be. We welcome high-performing entrepreneurs to the stage in order to reveal the real of the real on what it takes to build a successful business today. We dissect the good and bad decisions they've made along the way that give a true and accurate picture of the journey of success and how you too can get there. Through this dialogue, you will learn the value of growing your network and surrounding yourself with power players and kings like today's guest. Grab your pen and notebook because we're about to dive in. What's up, everybody? I'm Chaz Wolf, Gathering the Kings podcast. Today, I've got Matt Fix on the King stage. My brother, how are you? I'm great. And you? It's Monday, and I love Mondays. Mondays, we get to recharge and, and, and start all over again. At least at least for me, I always love getting started again. What about you? You like Mondays? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Mondays, I always say I look forward to Monday, but then there are pretty crazy days in my world uh, on those Mondays. It seems like that's the busiest day of the week, right? Yeah. And and yeah. then everything kind of tapers off there and through the end of the weekend. So, but it's a great day and it's a very, per, lots of production happens and it's, it's good. So. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you squeezed us in on your busy day of the week just to add some other value. To other entrepreneurs, tell your story, man. I'm excited to get to know you here a little bit. But first, tell us what kind of business that you have, man. Yeah, so I own a fire sprinkler company and a fire alarm company. Started in 1999 uh, with the fire sprinkler company. Okay. Fire alarm company began in 2004. And lots of stories there with that piece, which we probably won't get into today, I hope. That maybe is for another conversation, but... That was some slight uh, direction there. I'll take it. No big deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but but uh, they go hand in hand, which is really great. So that's helped to kind of build that piece of of building up that uh, that jump, right? From the, from the six to seven figure area. Yeah, right? yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, and, and maybe we can get into that part of it because I'm sure that was probably fairly strategic. It seems like they they are one and the same, but obviously very different customers, which would be, be my guess. That's correct. So, okay. Well, before we jump into your story, business, tactics, tactics, all that fun stuff, excuse me, um, let's talk about you. Why? Why are you doing this? What, why did you start the company? Why fire? What's the bigger picture? Like, give, yeah. me, the, give me the ins and the outs. All right. All right. Well, so, you know, uh, growing up as a kid, I watched my dad. He was an entrepreneur. He owned service okay. stations. Good. So I was really lucky to, to work with him and kind of see how his journey went. Yeah. And it kind of inspired me. And as I was coming through and everything, I, I landed in, in, I wanted to become a firefighter and I tried really, really hard to, to get into that firefighting world. And, and it didn't work out for me as I thought okay. it would. I went to a firefighter one Academy, did a bunch of training, okay. tested at a lot of different departments and never found my way into that service. And so during that time period, I, I ran into the fire protection, fire sprinkler, which is co contracting. Essentially, we installed uh, lots of fire sprinklers in, in large apartments. I worked for a contractor out in California, kind of learned the trade. That's where I kind of got my love for it. And then felt a real sense of kind of doing the same thing, just a little bit different, right? Protecting people and property and, and getting some really great satisfaction out of knowing that. That's going on, but not doing quite the firefighter thing. So it, it kind of went, 
it worked out really well. And, and so it's taken, obviously it's taken me on this 20 plus year journey to where I'm at right now, which is, which is really great. So, so <clears throat> I I'm hearing you say, serve, protect kind of like this greater a hero mantra almost, but is that, is that really what it is for you? Is that, is that just a part of it? Like when you think now at this stage, cause you've been doing it 20 years, you're ultra successful. Why do you keep doing it? Is maybe a better way to say yeah, it. and I think the thing that drives me is that I feel a real sense of wanting to contribute to the community and help to grow specifically the trades. I feel a real draw to want to help people to learn those trades. We there's there's a large gap out there of tradesmen. Mm -hmm. Not a lot of folks are jumping into this this world as it were anymore. A lot of schools of high schools aren't doing trade things necessarily anymore. There's no auto shops and things like that. Uh, or if there are, they're a lot different than they were back in the day when I was going through them. So that hands-on piece, I feel like is missing a lot. And so we run an apprenticeship program at Flow Fire Protection for all the guys that are coming in so that we can help to train them in the right way. And hopefully those guys can make that transition in, into the, into this world, into, into some ownership potentially down the road and be able to kind of take things over and, and move on in that regard. So that sense of just, again, feeling like I can contribute and help folks to learn and, and be, be excited about trades anymore. Yeah. There's several, you've got several mountains that you're, that you're conquering. I, I love it. Um, what I, what I'm, what I'm picking up the majority of all that you're saying, all these different facets, it's really, you know, what we talk about inside of gathering the King's mastermind, it's this transition from warrior to King. I've said it several times here on the podcast as well, but it's like that moment when you start to think, I want to really serve the community, or I want to be able to change the industry of trades or how people think about it. Like all of those things are you positioning yourself to be an influence to more than just you. Which is fine. It, 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 it like there's a period of time that we all go through in our business where we have to kind of just dial in just to us and build it. That's right. But eventually we get to this place where it's, it's got to be more. It's got to be. That's right. That's right. And, and I mean, yeah, I've been in it for quite a while, twenty plus years. So I get a lot of I get a lot of junk mail, probably like a lot of other business owners do. That, sure. Hey, you you got an exit strategy? Are you looking to get out? Those kinds of things. Right. I, I, those pretty much find their way to the trash can at this point because I'm still very highly motivated to stay involved with this and and to kind of see it through, if you will. The other exciting part of the trade is. The other piece that I really enjoy is the technology piece and how things have changed for our industry and, and some of the newer products that are coming on board that have been really exciting. And, and it's, it's neat when you're in something long enough to start to see those changes. And I know I talk about that and of course in the computer world and things, things change seemingly overnight. Whereas construction, the fire sprinkler is pretty much the same as it was back in the 1800s. We've improved a few things. It's essentially the same piece. <laughs> It's a device that goes off with heat and, and puts water out, right? It sprays yeah. water. Yeah. The same, it's just kind of the same technology. So it's, so to see new things coming on board is really exciting too. And to be in the position starting way back when, and coming into, into this new technology era is really fantastic in that regard as well. So I, yeah, I love I can, that piece of it as well. I can imagine that that brings a whole level of, of just interest, excitement, as, as long as you have an open mind. I think that this happens in every industry right? Every decade or two or three, some major change, or in, in our case, usually technology at this point, <clears throat> but you can look back 50, hundred years and, and the guys that didn't change or grow or, or change with the times, as they say, or develop the technology, which is what we call it now, but they just 
kind of eventually went away. And so I love that you have an open mind around technology in an old, old space. I think that there's a lot of industries that are being disrupted with technology and, and it's the open-mindedness that will not only further that, but also allow for us to be successful inside of that. Would you, would you add anything to that? Yeah, and definitely. And I think the thing about it as well is that in, in kind of, it's, it's a tough thing to break into the, to break the old into the new. Right. And, right. and there are, there's a lot of resistance. Sometimes people are afraid of change, right? We sure. all know. And, and there's some great resources out there to help understand that change and to help change people's minds to move into those different changes. And so, yeah, this new technology that comes on, it does have some resistance. It does have some older guys that have been in the trade for many years saying that's not really a sprinkler system and, and it doesn't work and this and that when it's proven that it has, but, but you know, that's again, being able to bring new guys on board, put them through that apprenticeship program. And hopefully by them seeing myself get excited about these new things and be open to trying them. And, and let's face it, some things we try and we fail at, right. And they don't work out as well as we thought they would. Yeah. And some things that we try work out really well. So it's, it's again, take, it's being a risk taker to a certain degree as well, right? We, everybody in business knows that at one point or another, we're taking some risks, whether we like to think that or not. And it's about how big that risk is. All right. And how you manage that risk sometimes is how the outcome of it turns out. So yeah. So, but this new technology piece that comes in, these guys, I really want them to open their eyes and that's part of that change, changing that industry in that regard. Right. So hopefully I'm a groundbreaker in that regard. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not, but. I think, I think that you're, you're definitely along the right path, but the, the mindset or the identity of, of an industry disruptor is one that for sure is willing to take risks for one, trying new things, everything that you just got done talking to us about. So whether, whether the listener finds themselves to be an industry disruptor or they're just trying to provide a business for their family, I mean, whatever their level of engagement is, I think that it's pretty inspiring to hear guys like you that have this burning desire on the inside to change an entire industry because you could go home and sleep tonight without changing the industry. It would be just fine. But somehow, some way you've been, you've been created in a way to have this, this thing inside of you that wants to see change in that way. And so I think it's pretty special, pretty cool that you, that you have it identified as well. I want to transition to your story. Like, how did you, like you, you talked about being a firefighter and then got industry experience. Why did you start a business though? Why not just work for somebody else? Like how did entrepreneurialism come into your life? Yeah. Well, that's uh, again, I'll go back to dad and, and seeing his journey. Yeah. It really inspired me. And so when I moved here to Colorado and went to work for the company that I was working for at the time, they were a heating and plumbing operation. And so okay. at one point they wanted to get back to their core roots to just that plumbing and heating piece. Sure. And, and so the fire division, they decided that they wanted to move on from that. So here's my opportunity, right? I recognize yeah. that opportunity. We all there there's, I'm a, I'm a firm believer that we, there's opportunities swinging around us every day. Seriously. And it's just whether or not we're in the right space to take that on, right? To see that opportunity. Sometimes we can't see those opportunities because maybe we've got a lot of other things happening, right? And, and things right. going on. We miss a lot of opportunities, right? Yeah. Every day. And so this is just one of those pieces where it all aligned. I recognized the opportunity and I thought, this is my chance to give it a shot. Yeah. Uh, and I want to try it. I think that I could be successful at this. There's also that whole piece of, 
just because you're a good technician doesn't make you a good business owner, right? Or businessman. Um, and, and so, and we'll, I can address that momentarily, but I saw that opportunity. I was very open with the business owners that I was working for. And I, I asked them, I said, Hey, would you guys mind if I started my own company? They were very open to that. In fact, they sold me some of their equipment that they had for the business, some, some materials that they had stored up and things of this nature. So they were very open to the whole idea. So it really just flowed from their business kind of into my hands and, and it kind of mind to mess up. Right. Because all of a sudden I had this piece and I was like, uh, here right. I am and I've got all this client base and I'm already doing some work and I've got great contacts and, and it really took off at that point. So that's, that's kind of, that's the story of how we came from Matt worker, Matt to owner, Matt, uh, and, and just again, recognizing that opportunity. Yeah, well, you're right. And not only does, it, does the opportunity train come all the time, and and you took a different spin on it because for me, it's man, I well, I don't see them all, but I see a lot of them, and so it's just zoom. Which one should I catch? Like I just like I'm 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 constantly trying to jump on the next one. Right. And uh, but for a lot of entrepreneurs, you're right. The ones that maybe aren't hyper aware or they aren't dialed into whatever they're trying to get to. So you got these two ends of the spectrum. One guy that needs to calm down, realize that not every opportunity is for him. That was me. Still is probably. And then the other guy who's missing it, bro, you got stuff happening every day and you're just so he's either dialed into the work or he's not paying attention. He doesn't know what he wants. So he doesn't have clarity. And then just opportunities just right on by. So I think that between the two of us, we've given them a really good perspective on, on maybe where they fall. What would you say to the guy that you're talking about who maybe is missing these opportunities? How does he enlighten himself to these opportunities like you did? Yeah. And I, I, that is a good question. I, I, I don't know that I have the crystal ball to answer that because everybody's so different and in sure. their world and, and what they have going on at the time in their world. Right. Yeah. And so I would just, cause a lot of things have to happen, right? We've got to have a little bit of, we've got to have a little bit of money on the side that we can invest in this sometimes, right? Maybe we right. don't have that at this time. And that's what limits us from jumping on maybe in a, a one that an opportunity that we see, right? Yeah. Maybe we, we've got a lot of family life happening and things going on that just are distracting us from that. So it's really tough to say, Hey, here's what you need to do in order to see that. Right. But I'm sure there's some good books out there about focus and about trying to see what you want to do in life and do things like that. But it's just really, it's a moment to yourself where you realize at that particular moment in your life that, Hey, this is, this is a real deal. And I have a great opportunity here. And I think that's just unique to each individual of when they, when that particular moment happens for them. And maybe for some, it doesn't ever, yeah. um, maybe like yourself, you, you're able to recognize those all the time and see them going by and which one do I jump on, which is wonderful because you're maybe more in tune in, in your world. And that's the other thing too, is just exposing yourself to some different pieces, right? Different folks, okay. um, that, that kind of networking piece of, of getting out there and, and meeting other business owners, other people that have had experience with things to also help spark that idea and keep you focused, keep you, keep your blinders on, so to right. speak, so that you can get to where you want to go. Yeah. I, I think that you've said it well. I think that it, whether you're on, they can both be either a blessing or a curse, right? And, and there's right. benefits or cons to both. I love what you said there about in essence, we find what we're looking for. And so in that moment where you're telling the person, whether it's because they had family stuff going on or they were busy with whatever, that that was what they were looking for in that moment. So they maybe missed the opportunity or maybe you were networking, creating opportunities to meet people, which then opened you to opportunities. So 
my my kind of next follow up question to you specifically around this this moment. Had you been looking to be owner, Matt, or was it just something that kind of just was a subconscious because your dad was an owner? Give us the, give us the deep thought there. Yeah, well, and that's a, that's a great thing. And I, I've often thought about was was that the path I was really looking for at that time? Was it just yeah. something I recognized and thought, hey, I need to do this? I think there were a couple different motivations. When when the division closed down, there were some guys that went to work again for another company. I wasn't really hot about going to work for another company at that point. And, and so there were some other external motivations that for me anyways, that kind of drove me into the, into that ownership piece and saying, Hey, I, I can do this and, and having that confidence and that and my abilities to be able to do, but it, it's certainly something that I don't know, maybe you could say I kind of fell into it, but at the same time, it was something that I was open to taking on. Right. So yeah, very interesting. Yeah there and 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 i've i've often thought about that gosh did i do the right thing i see some other folks and they're they have some different things happening in their world that i don't know if they're better than what i've been able to build or simpler or i don't know but yeah yeah you wonder if your vehicle is is the right vehicle sometimes i I think yeah that's that's right that's right so me though i'm it's it's a it's a decision that i made that i'm i'm I definitely feel as though I did the right thing for myself and my family and, and it's, it's provided for us. It's, it's helped the community. Like I said, I, I look back at how many employees we've had over the years and, and all the different folks that have been involved and how they've been able to make a living from what I produce, right? What I, what I've built, these guys are making a, a, a living and yeah. that's a, that's a pretty good feeling too, to be able to know that you're helping to provide for not just your family, but you know, 20 other families out there that are working for you. Right. It's a pretty special thing. So, so that ownership piece, it's, it's morphed over the years for sure. Right. For sure. And for sure. Okay. Let's go, let's go into the weeds here, Matt. I want to know of a good decision that you made specifically, maybe early on before you hit the seven figure mark, something that you did that you just repeat over and over again, something that we can learn, we can replicate. Yeah. So, I mean, some of the, I was, I was thinking about good and bad decisions that I've made thinking about some of the bad stuff real quick. And I, I can honestly say, I don't know that I, looking back, like, I don't feel like I've ever made a truly bad or poor decision that's ended in a tragedy or something that was irreversible. Um, I've made some decisions that are maybe questionable, or maybe I wish that I wouldn't have done, but I wouldn't call them bad decisions. They're just part of that learning curve of being an owner. Right. And, and so, but on the good decision side, I think one of the best things that I did was, was to invest in myself. Right. Okay. And invest in the company. And that was in 2008, I was encouraged by a contractor friend of mine to, to build my own building, own my own piece. And for me, that was a big transition. I had been renting in a space before, which gives you some legitimacy as a business. Right. And, yeah. and so now all of a sudden I've built this piece and I own it and my company is in this building and it's all of a sudden it really legitimate made the company real. And we had a space and a place and, and. And not only that, we invested in, in the company. Right. And, and so now we have an asset, which is really big, right? A lot of people build companies and they really don't have any assets, right? They don't have anything to the company. Maybe they have a company, a customer list that might be worth something. It may not be worth something. It depends on lots of factors there, right? As far as whether people hang around, if you get sold or if they leave those kinds of things. So 
So yeah, so having something tangible like that, that you can feel, you can touch, you can walk into every day and be proud of is really, really important for a business I feel and, and real special. And yeah, I, I would, that, that's probably one of the best decisions that I really ever made. I, I love how you, how you've connected it specifically to the trades. I'm this, this would apply to any business, but specifically your love for the trades. And as I'm thinking of some of my clients that are in the trades or mastermind group members, or just people that I know, friends, and you're right, there's this legitimacy or there's this authority that comes, even if the customer never knows that you have a building, your team knows, and the way that you operate out of that. It turns it from a guy in a truck to a business. That's right. Like that. Yeah. And uh, that it, it doesn't have to take that to do that. You can, you can make that transition without the building for sure. But man, the building is a pretty strong king move when you think about these things that we do to build up not only ourselves, but our team and our, our business, the way the community sees us, the, the, the legitimacy of it, as you were saying, it just took it to a whole nother level in your own mind first. Yeah, exactly. And at that time it was, I didn't know it was going to be as risky as it was, but you know what happened in 2009, right? But we all know about that. So building this brand new building just about a year before, and then moving in and having that crash happen, it was touch and go. It was a little dicey. I took the risk and, and now, now I got to pay the piper. Yeah. So we were lucky enough to make it through that obviously, and, and pretty well. But, uh, but it was scary. And so that's the other thing that I would encourage other, other entrepreneurs. Don't be afraid of those. You're going to have to take some risks and you, and you, and you may fail and you probably will fail at some point, but you got to stay on top of it and keep moving forward all the time. Just keep that dream going and eventually it's going to come. So just like yeah. for me, the building getting encouraged and to take that risk and to jump, I kind of, I. I equated a lot of times like jumping across a stream, right? You jump rock to rock, right? But pretty soon you get out there and, and that other rock looks pretty far away. And do you make that jump? Do you want, you don't want to fall in, but you got to make that jump to get across the stream. And so it, it's, it can be risky sometimes. You just have to be open to that. <laughs> hey, Kings and Queens, Chaz Wolf. I want to talk to you about something that's super important to me. We put a lot of time and effort, we meaning myself and my team, into this podcast, into the content that goes out every single day. And if you have been getting any sort of value or insight from this, we want it to be able to reach other business owners too. So we would love if you would like, comment, share, leave a review, post, share again, <laughs> all of the things on social media, on all the different platforms or even on the podcast mediums of Apple and Spotify. We would love to be able to get our content into more hands, more entrepreneurs, so they can grow their business as quick as possible. Together, we are building a community of like-minded entrepreneurs who are committed to growing their businesses to new heights. So let's do this. Let's help each other. Let's help each other grow. A hundred percent. I think that's such a great analogy too, because we've all crossed the stream. We know exactly what that feels like. Some rocks are dry. Some rocks are a little slippery. Some stick out a bunch. Some stick, some are a little wobbly. There's all these, these boards or pictures that we can paint. And it's like, man, you're so right. It's not a clear path. It doesn't just necessarily mean we take three steps and we're over. For each person, it looks a little different. The strategy might be a little different. The time of year when the stream's flowing might be different. Like there's just so many factors, but the encouragement behind there is what I want the listener to really take away from is that there's going to be risks. There's going to be things that we press into, like building a building in 2008. And as soon as you said that, I hadn't said it yet as far as what happened after that, but I was thinking, wow, what a time. Yeah. And someone might be thinking that right now. They might be thinking, literally, they're listening right now. They just built a building. 
And here we are, end of 2022, about to go into 2023. Recession is all over the whiteboard. And, and they're going, how do, I, how do I deal with this? And, uh, and really the dealing, of course, there's tactical things you got to do to keep on it, like you said. But it's the mindset that you gave us of you just got to keep going. Because now, I, I bet now, looking back 12, 14 years ago at that decision, I've, I'm sure that not only has that added to your confidence in your team, but to your net worth. No, absolutely. Without a doubt. Yeah. I mean, again, stock market's great, but real estate is real, right? Like it's not just a, it's not a computer screen with a bunch of numbers on it. You can go there, you can sit on it. You, like I was saying earlier, you can go touch it, feel it, walk into it every day, be proud of it. So highly recommend that piece if, if that's the path that folks are taking or looking at it's yeah don't don't hesitate to to jump on that and get it get it done yeah. buy that piece of property buy that space get yourself established it you'll you're it'll pay for itself 10 times over yeah that's good stuff now i know i know you you deflected a little bit on the bad decision you said that you you've rolled them into learning opportunities and so i agree with you 100% the mindset is spot on i love it I want you to give me an example, though. One of those decisions where you're like, maybe it didn't work out so good. Give us the nitty gritty of it. What, what happened? Oh, man. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, I just, again, it's so hard for me to go back and think about what, where I've maybe made a poor decision. I, I guess we all surround ourselves in business, hopefully, with people. I'm not an expert at, say, insurance. I'm not an expert right. in, in taxes. So we hire these professionals. Yeah. to help us to be successful sometimes. Right. And we got to be able to understand that that's just a cost. That's a cost of doing business. Right. That's right. We all have to do that. So I've been really lucky to surround myself with a lot of good folks. And so I had a friend one time in the insurance industry, nice guy. And I got talked to moving from an insurance guy that I was with, who was taking really good care of us for a better deal, you know, less premium and we're trying to trying to think about the company and do the right things and, and right. save money where we can and so on. And, Fair. and so we moved, I, I decided to make the decision to move to a different company. And so it, it just really, it did not work out very well at all. There was lots of coverages that were missing for my industry, well, things of this nature that weren't disclosed to me when we, when we signed the dotted line, it was just a real mess. So needless to yeah. say, we ended up going back to the insurance guy that we had been with previous. Yeah. Kind of licking our wounds and saying, sorry, <laughs> please take us back because I made this mistake. So yeah. I think that's probably one of the, one of the, the poor, more, one of those poor decisions. It was at the end of the world. Absolutely not. Was it something that was super detrimental? Nah, but you know, it was, it was a decision at the time that was definitely w weighed on me and it was, gosh, we don't have coverage for this and we're engaging in this. And yeah. I always say, if you want to play, you got to pay and that's insurance. It's one of those things we all don't really like, but we're thankful when we, when we have to use it, that it's right. there and available to us. So anyways, that's probably one of the ones that is, sticks out the most over the years, as far as just wow, poor decision. Yeah, I think we can all relate to the vendor or really, whether it's insurance or <clears throat> whatever vendor that we're working with. And we try to, we, like you said, just do the right thing by helping the company a lower costs. And, and sometimes those, those things come with a, a lower price tag because the quality or whatever, the relationship isn't there. You're not well taken care of, whatever the scenario is. And so I'm glad that the other guy welcomed you back. I'm sure he had no problem welcoming you back. But actually, from a super practical standpoint, insurance, here's for the listener. Insurance is actually a really big deal. 
And this happens all the time where you've got another guy that comes in and appears to be cheaper. And all that they've done is just remove a bunch of coverages that either they don't think that you need and or they don't even know about themselves. And so it's very much a, you have to make sure it's an apples to apples comparison. So I think, although you were trying to really give us something high level as like detrimental, I actually think that that's super practical because every business needs it and not every policy is created the same. And uh, so what a great, great example of something that the listener can go do to make sure that they they're doing the right thing for their business and for their client, for their team, because all that matters in those moments when we don't really want them, we pay for the insurance to hope that we don't need it. That's right. That's right. Exactly. All right. We're going to transition to the speed round here, Uh, Matt. I want to, I want to know inside of your business, I know you got a couple different divisions, but what, if you could only pick one metric to choose, choose to track forever and ever, what would that one metric be? Yeah, it'd probably be, I don't know. I would, I, I think about the balance sheet a lot, right? Yeah. It can tell you a lot about your business that those total current liabilities and total current assets, that ratio is really an important one to look out for and, and to keep an eye on. And, and I think that's probably the one I'd, I'd look at the most. Okay. Specifically the ratio between balance sheet. Yeah, that ratio. Yeah. 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 That's an important ratio to keep an eye on. What does that tell you when you look at that? Let's say the ratio is not good versus good. What, what does that make you then as an operator go do or decide or take action on? Yeah. Well, so at, at that point, if, if I do see something that looks a little suspicious, I'll go back and start looking at things like, Hey, what, what are our profits looking like? What, what are we spending our money on? I'll go back and kind of look through the balance sheet and kind of see, Hey, what's happening here? Where, where are our expenses going? And sometimes maybe that's an inch increase in insurance premium that costs a lot, or maybe a good example here currently is fuel, right? If you have a company that has a fleet, that fuel cost has skyrocketed and that can, that can, that can skew those numbers quite a bit. So I'll go back and try to find some justification for what I'm seeing on that balance sheet. And then obviously like in the case of, I think a lot of companies here recently got caught in, or I know that we did a little bit, we had, especially in construction where you bid projects out, we bids, we had some bid numbers out there on some projects. It's very hard as a subcontractor to go back and renegotiate sometimes. Sometimes that, that provision isn't in contracts and things and, and they hold you to your number. And so we, we all know what's happened with material costs initially here recently on the past year and a half or so material costs have gone sky high. Right. And so if you got stuck in those contracts at at the rate that you were bidding at prior to that, without kind of looking in advance to see what was actually going to happen, you're taking it, you're, you're going to take it in the shorts and for lack of a better word or phrase. And so that's, we found ourselves a little bit in that situation this past year. It didn't, luckily for us, we were able to make the, we were able to recognize it fairly quickly and say, Hey, wait a minute, we've got it. We got to do something here. We, so obviously our numbers climb came up to, to meet the current dollar amounts for materials and labor and things like that. So, but that's, so those are things, all the, the, that balance sheet and that, and, and the, you know, will tell you, right. And, yeah. and give you those things to look at. Yeah. Tactically to be able to go in and operate and adjust. That's, uh, that's right. what I'm hearing you say. And you got to be able to do that. And I, again, as a smaller company, it's small to midsize, I guess you might say for our region. It, we have that flexibility, thankfully. And a lot, sometimes these larger companies that we see that end up going out of business, sometimes maybe they don't have that flexibility to be able to, to scale up or scale down quickly and, and make those kinds of changes. So, yep. so I'm really fortunate with that as well. Yeah, exactly. Okay. What resource or maybe book would you recommend for a small business owner trying to grow? 
Yeah. And that's a great question. There are a lot out there, obviously. I, I go back to the one that kind of started my whole journey, which was Who Moved My Cheese? I don't know if you've ever yeah. seen that book. It's a pretty simple read, but yeah. uh, but it, it really helped to inspire that entrepreneurship and, and that those changes as life was changing, right? And yeah. for me, so I don't know, that's one, I know that's kind of an early stage one, but that's definitely one that I would, I would look at. If yeah, I was... that's a great book. What, Matt, do you feel about intentionally networking or masterminding with other entrepreneurs? Yeah, I think it's, it's really important. As I mentioned before, building that team around you and then using that team, right? Don't just, don't just hire that, that insurance guy or the tax person right. or an attorney. Use, hire them and use them. Help bring them into your company. I don't want to, if you have a board, some companies develop boards and things. Obviously, those are designed to help the company succeed and you need to really utilize those folks, right? You need to yeah. really go to them and talk with them. Bounce your ideas off them. Let them tell you that you're a little crazy or that, no, this isn't a good idea or yeah. things like that. I, I feel like that's, yeah, no, it's, it's really important to do that for sure. Yeah, I have two thoughts on that. My, my CPA often thinks that I'm crazy, but I kind of carry it as a chip. I'm like, as long as I can make this guy go, what the heck is this guy doing? Then I feel like I'm in the right lane, at least. For and sure. then the second piece is, to your point around the board or around hired vendors, Step one is putting the right people around you. Step two is using them. I just think that's such a unique distinction. It's so simple, but so profound, as I say. But a lot of people don't find the people or don't connect with the board or a mastermind group or whatever. And even the ones that do, then don't utilize or don't press into bringing those relationships into the business. And that's my encouragement to anybody that joins our, our mastermind group. But it's the same, as you just said, with vendors and even your team, or if you have a board, all those, if you, you can press into not only finding them, but then bringing them in, utilizing the scenario, you get what you, what you put in, in essence is what you're saying. That's just such a, it's, it, it elevates the game to another level because most just don't. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think so. I think a lot of guys, like we, like you said, will bring somebody on board, but then maybe not think about calling them to ask them the question, right? right. Those kinds of things. And I, and early on, I had, I had a lot of great guidance from some general contractors that I was working with. I became very close with several of the general contractors and, sure. and it was always, I could always call them up and say, Hey, what do you think about this? Or I'm thinking yeah. about doing this and, and what are your thoughts on that? And just get their take. And then I can develop my own ideas and, and process based on their responses. You don't necessarily have to do exactly what they say. Because right. maybe that's not going to work for you, but certainly right. taking those pieces, putting them together in the puzzle and then adding and then finding your puzzle piece to drop in there creates it. Right. And I think that's just, I think it's, it's, it is genius. It's, it's the way to go. It's the way to go. Well, you've heard it here, folks. Matt says <laughs> that if you want to be a genius, you surround yourself with high quality individuals and you utilize them. I appreciate that's right. that. That's right. All right, Matt. Utilize. Yeah, exactly. It's a utilization, which is okay. Like now we're just talking about principle, right? It's the same thing when you go to a conference, same thing when you read a book. It's the same thing. If you just do the one thing without putting it in action or utilizing it, what did you even do it for? Right. Right. That's so exactly I, right. We're really talking about a pretty core belief, actually, of action taking and, and why did you even go to begin with to the whatever? 
or why did you have this relationship? And so the utilization of it is it's the hard work, right? It's just like when you think about any relationship, think about marriage, like the easy part was putting a ring on it and doing the wedding. That's right. But it's, it's all the things that we do afterwards that then build out whatever it is that we're working on. Yeah. And it's the same core principle that are associated exactly. with all And this. I think, we're, and we're probably all guilty of it too, Jazz, of, of not doing that, right? I, it, here's the tough thing for, as a business owner too, is over the years, sometimes I will, uh, I have some great ideas for the business or what have you. And I have, a, I have a staff, right? And sometimes I'll throw an idea out there hoping that maybe one of those staff members picks it up and runs with it, right? But when that, and I've been bit many times like this because I've done oh, this, yeah. thrown these ideas out. And because or, as a business owner, you're busy, you've got a lot of different hats you're wearing, you're doing all kinds of different stuff, and you might not necessarily have time to go and do those things, right? So you toss right. that out there in hopes that someone picks it up and runs with it. But then what, what comes back to bite you is the fact that, well, yeah, Matt said he was going to do this, but it yep. didn't happen, <laughs> right? And, and they've missed it completely. Right. Yeah. They missed that. We were talking earlier about opportunities and things coming across the board. You're kind of, you're kind of planting that opportunity out there for someone to run with, but unfortunately yeah. they weren't in that listening state to actually pick it up and run with it. So now because it didn't happen, it's, it falls back to you as your fault. And, and so sometimes things have happened like that for me anyways. Totally. Yeah. Well, especially as visionaries, as idea factories, at least, at least I'm an idea factory. They'll, they'll just, they just come all the time. And so I've had to, I've had to curb the idea appetite for, for sharing. I can, I can still have them. They're going to come to me naturally, but I can't, I can't, I got to be careful on how I throw them out, when I throw them out or the direction of throwing them out. Sometimes it's literally not throw it out there, see what happens. It's, Hey, I need you to do this because I've learned sometimes where it's just, oh, that's just, that's just Chaz. He just has another idea today, which is true. But now I'm creating this, this environment of this idea factory, but we don't do anything about it. Right. Right. So, right. Uh, to your point, <laughs> we don't want that. I don't want that. I don't want that as part of my identity, nor as what someone thinks of me. And so, yeah, <laughs> it's so funny that you went there. Cause I don't know if I've ever had anybody else articulate quite like that. And, and <laughs> that hit me right, right here. Yeah. Well, it's the, it's see, that's what 20 years of business ownership gets you. It well, you look, yeah, yeah, exactly. You look, you're able to look back on a lot of things, but even specifically the way that we, I guess, share the vision, the way that we parlay the communication, all of those things matter. I got one last question here for you, Matt. I want to know you're 20 plus years in business. You stumbled into this industry per se. I want to know if you had a chance to whisper in the younger Matt's ear, what would you say? Don't do it. No. <laughs> Run. No, no, not at all. I would say follow your dreams, whatever those might be and, and see it through. Try the bet, do the, do whatever it takes to see it through to the other side. Yeah. I mean, honestly, that's what I would say. It's good. It's good stuff. Okay. Matt, how can the listener find you? Maybe they, they're in Fort Collins and they need to connect with you via your services or uh, they just want to connect with you as an entrepreneur and pick your brain. How can they find you? Sure. The website's a great way to look us up and get our address and things and phone numbers and contact information. And that's wflow-fire.com is where they can reach me there. And we're on Instagram, Flow Fire Protection Inc. They could reach out to us there as well. So perfect. We'll yeah. put them in the show notes. That way they can easily connect with you. 
you have been not only inspirational, but but this was a this was a joy. You made me laugh quite a bit today. I laugh, I laugh, I like joy, but man, you had me rolling today. So I really appreciate you. I appreciate you sharing too, man, just from your from your vulnerable perspective of your story. I think that uh, the listener, if they were paying attention today, they got plenty. And we just wish you absolutely nothing but success and blessing on your family and your business and all your uh, things you have your hands into. Yeah, well, thank you very much. I appreciate being on the show. Thank you. Thanks for being here. Thank you for listening to Gathering the Kings today. I hope that you were able to pull out a few nuggets to go apply into your business right away. More importantly, though, I hope that you're realizing that it takes more to be successful than just being by yourself, doing it all on your own, carrying the weight all by yourself. What I have realized, not only in my own journey from multiple businesses and multiple different industries, and now interviewing over two or 300 other very successful seven, eight and nine figure business owners is that it's tough to do it alone. And so Gathering the Kings exists to bring together successful entrepreneurs. In fact, we are putting together one thousand kings specifically who are grateful but not done we're intentionally assembling kings who fight tooth and nail for their business family and communities and here's what we believe that in the pursuit of excellence in those areas that it ignites within us the responsibility to govern power and forge a lasting legacy so if that relates and and resonates with you and you know that you need people around you sharp qualified other very successful business owners, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com. I want you to take a look at what we're doing and see if it makes sense for you to be part of our pursuit to 1,000 Kings. Talk soon.